What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Squirrels and Robots, episode 53. So, the last week has been pretty interesting for people and politics, but since I don't care about any of that, let's see what else is going on. Holy upgrades! We're getting upgrades, mate! Fancy! Um, it's not so much upgrades as much as working components that we can utilize so our computer stops coughing up dust when we ask it to do something. It's probably not going to change any back-end work, but things will run a little smoother. Oh, well, I thought we were going to get some, like, crazy fast computers so we can make a huge AAA video game title and all that. Dude, what the hell would we do in a video game? Like, what would be the plot? Plot, um... Uh, let's see, um, Jermaine and Mewtie and Susie June get into a battle royale, but it's more like a pillow fight, right? Where clothes get knocked off and, you know, all that kind of plot. I don't want to do a game with that kind of plot. I say we build on that idea and make a fighting game where we can all punch each other's faces until we feel happy. Ah, uh, I mean, I guess that's easy enough. Foamy Fighters, that would be a good name. Foamy Fighters, done. Someone go and make that and then get back to me and give me a bunch of money because I don't have the time. Oh, make sure there's a lot of fan service and things like that. Like, Jermaine should have the boob of death move, and Mewty should have something, you know, where she can smother your face. And, oh, Susie June should have, like, super high and powerful leg kicks, you know, like Chun-Li on steroids. But what about, like, other people? Like, the pizza dude and... He can slap people with his joint D. Like that. No, right? We're not gonna do that. Just saying. The ladies could use some more fan service, you know. You know, I'd like to... I'd kind of like people to be able to play this on Twitch, you know? Yeah, and maybe YouTube VODs. Yeah, yeah, I don't care about that. Let the gamers deal with what I've been having to put up with for seven years. Guidelines be damned! Oh, like, how difficult is it to make a fighting game? Like, no, seriously. Uh, I think the longer we wait, the easier it gets, uh, considering game engines are becoming more user-friendly and such. But, you know, I mean, I'm not in a rush. But it would be kind of cool, you know? Foamy fighting game. Also, I want a cool hand-drawn feel. Like that Persona Arena 4 fighting game. Yes, there was a Persona fighting game. Or Skullgirls. Gotta be good animation, though. Not some chumpy 3D crap. Oh, Marketing Squirrel here saying to you, make a foamy fighting game where all the characters are represented with finishing moves to match based on the lore of the series. Boob of Death? Yes. Go Boom? Sure. Jiggly Butt? You bet. Make it good for the eyeballs of the world. Worldwide Foamy Fighter Championship with cash prizes, speed runs for charity, you name it, we do it. Foamy Fighters, coming soon to arcades near you. If any are left, and stream, and consoles, and everything, as soon as it's made, somebody make it! Yeah, dude, that's gonna take a while. You know, I'll try to get a Kickstarter going for that. Like, I mean, why not? Because I wouldn't even know where to begin when hiring a dev team I could actually trust. Because if you haven't noticed, game devs are like the web designers of 2020. I'll don't follow them. Well, alright, like... Remember the early days of the internet? Everyone was a web designer, so much so that there's actually too many of them. Game devs are kind of getting that way now. Everyone is trying to break into the industry, so there's like millions of them. But it is so difficult weeding out decent devs from like meme game devs who are just going to screw things up. Hey, okay, I'll get you, I'll get you. Kind of looking for top quality, right? Yeah. And frankly, if I'd have the time, I'd learn the code myself and just work on it. But it's kind of hard to free up time when you're working 24-7. I say fighting games would be best. 
replayability. Punch face fun. We got it all. Right, what if we do like a battle royale? Right, I mean, just a bunch of squirrels dropping into some bland map and getting all like, oh, headshots, mate, let's go! You know, like the streamers say and all that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So, either visual novel or fighting game. Confirmed! Yeah, either would be cool. Is there a visual novel fighter? Something where you can just punch books? I think we lost him. No, you didn't. I'm right here. Yeah, speaking of games, am I the only one that feels that crafting mechanics are just an annoying way to pad out a game? I mean, I'm not talking about survival games that are basically farming and crafting and shit, you know, because that's their thing, okay? I'm talking about unnecessary crafting in games whose story is predominantly a first-person narrative. That'd be like um, adding crafting to Halo or something, right? Yeah, yeah, like, why is this here? If I wanted to craft, I'd go to a hobby shop and buy yarn for a brand new Kevorkian scarf that keeps your jugular extremely warm. So warm, your brain won't even get blood flow. That's how warm you will be. And, and hey, I got a question. Do you think games like Mass Effect and Bioshock could be made today as good as they were back then? And I'm not saying graphics or anything like that. I'm talking about inventiveness and creativity in the worlds that were made. Because even cyberpunk falls way short as far as a fresh take on things go. I mean, to me, it's just a mashup of, like, The Matrix and Blade Runner, you know? It's like, yeah, this is real familiar. Yeah, you know, Bioshock was a very unique environment for its time, you know? Also, um, you gotta think, devs from that time period grew up differently, you know? Different identities and representation and all that in games, you know? It was just like, oh, we're gonna make this game and it's gonna be good, let's go! Yeah, uh, you know, that's a good point, because that's the other aspect of game development, um... That is kind of interesting. As the next generation of game devs take hold in the medium, I kind of feel like things have become way too safe. Like everyone creating a game is now worried about offending someone. Oh, except those devs on Sense, a cyberpunk ghost story. They all like, bollocks to you, mate. We keeping the fan service in. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. A apparently the characters in the game have large assets. And that allegedly made people upset. So the devs had to issue a statement saying they weren't going to change anything. Which made people even more angry because a series of arranged pixels culminating in a character with a large chest apparently is a big issue. I like finding large chests. Oh, the treasure inside. Well, I, I don't see why people get all in a tizzy about fictional characters, mate. I mean, it's not real. We've talked about this numerous times. Why don't people get it? And, and here's the thing, right? For everyone who allegedly complained about the character's appearance being overly sexualized, I mean, can't you just accept that... Though some content may not be for you, it may be for someone else. Especially when it's fiction. Like, you're complaining and stressing yourself out about a game you'd probably never play. Ever. So, what does it matter? If you really want games to complain about, I'll send you a series of non-Steam links to a bunch of games that will make your eyes melt. Okay? Only even I wouldn't play some of those games, mate. But, you know, let them exist, right? I mean, that's the thing. Why do people want to control what other people say? Because humans are egotistical schmucks who feel their insular worldview should be law. Oh, that explains nothing to me. In other words, people who don't like certain things expect those things not to exist and want them removed from platforms or society. You know, and we're, again, we're talking about fictional stuff that allegedly offends people. Oh, can I do that with Taylor Swift? What? Do what? I mean, I find her music to be harmful to the creative arts, and her overly commercialized presence in the media seems very intrusive to my eyeballs. It's like I'm being visually invaded by a human chipmunk every day. Yeah, she does have some crazy marketing going on. Also, those ladies with the butt implants, 
That makes other ladies feel bad about themselves, mentally slapping them and hurting their feelings, for they are not as thick as the medically induced jiggly humans that dance like jello on YouTube! Um, you can't really ban a human for having a fake bum. Then why can people ban fake characters with fake chest biggins? That's actually a good point. Um, I'm just saying, real ladies with fake bits are okay, but fake ladies with fake bits are not okay. Why? I say we worry about the real-world problems and not the fake ones we create for our entertainment. When Pills E makes more sense than the average human, the world is truly at an end. You're welcome. Yeah, whatever. Um, humanity is just a big ball of hypocritical everything, and it's best to try not to understand them. Um, folks, if you don't like something, just don't support it. That's all. Doesn't mean it shouldn't exist on a platform. Just means you don't have to watch it. You don't have to play it. You don't have to listen to it. Not a big deal. I believe some humans feel if it offends them, it must offend everyone. Yeah, but what is considered offensive is subjective, right? It's like an opinion. What I find offensive is having 2% of an oversensitive society try to dictate what the other 90% watch or listen to. It's insane. Yeah, needs of the many, mate. Right, get off my platforms. Let me enjoy my things. I don't like platformers. All the jumping gives me shin splints. Okay. So anyway, um, no, I'm just wondering if game development has become less risky over the years. You know, I, I feel people take less chances when creating games now just so they can maximize player base and not offend anyone in order to secure more sales. But, I mean, that's just business, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, keep pushing out generic garbage, you know, that appeals to everyone, you know, not like any ways. The Taylor Swift approach. <laughs> yeah, um, frankly, you couldn't pay me enough to listen to Taylor Swift, all right? But, hey. If it comes on somewhere, I just change the station, close the window, and move on. I'm not out there saying Taylor Swift shouldn't exist. Who cares? I'm not listening to her. And one question, why do people think she's a country musician? I mean, I'm not even from the States and I know she ain't country. I'm not like Willie Nelson, country. Johnny Cash, country. Laura Lynn, country. Taylor Swift, no. Whatever. If I've learned anything from music over the years is that the concept of genres always seems to get adjusted when marketing comes into place. Explain! Well, alright, the 90s had that grunge thing going on, and before you knew it, every band that was coming out was grunge. I mean, Christ, even Creed was classified as grunge for a while, alright? Grunge was like Melvin's, Mudhoney, Green River, and early Nirvana, okay? But I would not classify Pearl Jam or Soundgarden as grunge. They were alternative rock. Alice in Chains, metal, not grunge. But everything got tossed into grunge because it was the hot genre of the period. Then everything shifted to alternative rock, new metal, blah, 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 blah. The point is, every genre that becomes popular just gets watered down and inevitably becomes a hollow version of what it once was. Happened to punk, happened to metal, remember hair metal? Terrible. I mean, even pop music, which is as hollow as you can get. I mean, Michael Jackson, king of pop. You compare his music to what pop music is now? Yo. Not even close. I will say, um, with the exception of hair metal, right? Um, metal is actually very consistent. You know, I mean, it just, it, I mean, of course, it's gotten a little more aggressive over the years. But, um, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, it's metal. You can't kill the metal. Yeah, but, you know, even within metal, there are subgenres. There's black metal, new metal, death metal, pirate metal. Pirate metal? Oh, yeah, it's like, a uh, pirate shanties, but metal. Yarr, gimme. Josie. What? Name some pirate metal bands. Some pirate metal bands are Swashbuckle, Ailstorm, The Dread Crew of Oddworld, Lagerstein, 
Blazing Stone, to name a few. Well, there goes all my money. Yar, or should I say booty? Yar, there goes all me booty. Yar, yar, I must be buy things now. Oh, that reminds me. Buy stuff or support so I can spend all my money uh, or booty on pirate metal music. Thank you. Yeah, stop spending our money on things. But, but the money we make goes to other artists who also need money. I mean, he's going to write. Um, and we tend to spend a large portion of our income supporting other artists by buying their wares and such. It's like so weird. I feel like we're a conduit for like people that give us money and then we just philanthropize it to other artists. It's weird. Oh, God. Everyone stop spending money. Well, I mean, we do kind of save here and there, right? I mean, so it's not all bad, you know? And, and, and hey, I didn't buy the $500 worth of Baby Metal Blu-ray concerts I wanted to get, okay? So there is this gaping hole in my Baby Metal collection, and it hurts, all right? But I did it for us. And I have not bought any medicines from street vendors unless they took my health care's insurance. So no longer will I patron undocumented pharmacists. I'm, I'm strictly over the counter now. You're welcome. Um... Yeah, thanks for supporting so squirrels can buy pirate metal albums and J-metal concerts. Again, I still don't have C-metal stock. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, I saved a lot of money by not hiring someone to sneak into a dressing room while she's on stage and nabbing some cuddly footwear. You know, I mean, that should mean something. You know, it should. Why am I the only sane one here? Boy, I am perfectly sane, mate. Yeah, yeah, stealing socks from a J-idol is totally normal. It is in Japan, right? Alright, that's it. We're out. Thanks for spreading the word and supporting and do that thing. Yes, tell people about the podcast and help spread the word like jelly on bread. Make it stick to their heads when they're asleep in their beds or until they are dead. Let them know they should follow. Right, so um, your marketing tactic is, like, essentially throwing jam-covered bread at people's faces. If you know a better way to get your message out there, I'd like to hear it. Um, billboard, perhaps? You know, internet advertising? Yes, but neither of those have the sugary goodness of jelly and the wholesomeness of bread. We even have gluten-free and low-sugar alternatives for those who may have IBS when it comes to marketing. Um, but, uh, you find me another company that cares about their customers' bowels the way we do, all right? Gluten-free advertising with sugar-free jelly. It's delicious for your face. Speaking of jelly and bowels, Begley, how's your mom? Oh, oh, screw you! Almost made it through a podcast without an instant. Wow! Yeah. <laughs>